Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Command Space. I'm your host, Mike Hurley. I'm back from my break and I'm now on my own. Um, and just as a quick note before, we, before I introduce my fantastic guest today. Uh, some of you may have seen this, some of you may not, and I will put a link in the show notes. Mr. Terry Lucy, who um, was my co-host on The Bro Show, and he joined us for the first couple of episodes of Command Space. Unfortunately, he has left the building, as they say, um, and he's no longer a part of this show. Um, no, no bad blood at all. He's still part of the network. He's still going to be doing 11 Minutes with us, which is another show that he is a part of. Um, I don't want to speak for Terence, so I'm going to put a link um, in the show notes to, um, to what he said. Um, on on our blog on the Seventy Days Wheels blog, so I'll put that in there. Um, but onwards and upwards, as they say, and uh, so, you know, we're a brand new show here. We're still obviously eyeing out some of the kinks. This is my second episode, which is very peculiar. Who launches a show and then goes on holiday? But anyway, I have an absolutely fantastic guest with me today, and that is Mr. Sean Blanc. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hello, Mike. Doing really well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome. You know, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So I've had you on a few times. Um, I mean, on the old bro show, and uh, we spoke quite a bit about your membership. I mean, because well, not the first time, because um, the first time we had you on the bro show, you launched a membership like two days later. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys were were picking up on it. I think people knew it was coming though. I don't know about that, and, and we might talk about that. So the things we're going to—I've got a couple of things I want to discuss with you today. So I want to talk about um, memberships in general. Um, we'll frame it with yours to start with, but I want to get your opinion on the way that the single single person blogs have changed over the last eighteen months and why I think that's happened. Um, and then also, you wrote a post um, in July called 50 Things I've Learned About Publishing a Web Blog." Um, that will be in the show notes as well. And that was, I believe, your five-year and the five-year anniversary of the site, right? You wrote this post? Yeah, it was like a week later, but yeah. Um, and you sort of give some uh, some things that you have learned, and I want to talk through some of that with you, if that's okay. That is okay. Sounds exciting. So, uh, Sean, you've been writing um, at seanblanc.net for some time now. As you said, about, about five years or so, right? Yeah. And about 18 months ago you decided to throw throw yourself into the hands of your readers and you decided to start a membership program um, and from that, you went full-time. So you're still full-time with SeanBlanc.net 18 months later, right? So you, this is still your full-time gig? It is still my full-time gig. I can't believe it. So there wasn't really, um, there wasn't really anything like this at the time, I mean, I feel there were a couple of sites, like I know John Gruber, he offered a, a, a sort of, um, I wouldn't really call it a membership as such, but he, he had the ability, you could give him some money and you would get an RSS feed without the linked list items, I believe, or you or the other way around. Um, but yeah, that, it was actually the other way around. The RSS feed uh, was to the linked list. And then that, so, yeah, go on. So if you wanted to, like originally when, when he launched his membership, uh, it was like the the RSS feed was just articles only. If you wanted the free RSS feed, it was just the articles. And then if you wanted to get the link list or if you wanted to have the, the combo, which is the links and the articles all together, um, those were only available to members. But that he kind of um, I think he kind of abandoned that a little bit um, as time mm-hmm. went on. And it just, you know, he he 
just started publishing the site as you would expect really and and, and it was just you know people could go in and and sort of uh, sign up as if it was like a tip jar as such uh, but there wasn't really anyone online, I think, well, that, at least that I'm aware of, that was doing what you had started to do. So people pay every month. Is it every month? Three dollars a month? Is that how much it is at the moment? I believe. Yeah, it's three. It's three bucks a month, and uh, it's actually billed quarterly. I mean, this is told all the nerdy details. <laughs> uh, so it, it's billed every ninety days because PayPal charges you an arm and a leg for every transaction, and so. Uh, not only do you pay a percentage, but you also pay by the transaction. So by actually billing it in 90-day increments, um, it gets rid of two out of three transaction charges. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's three bucks, three bucks a month. I mean, that's that's really what it is. So yeah, or people can pay up front for a year as well. I believe you offer that because uh, I believe you're getting people that are asking to do that. Is that correct? Yeah. So you can do 30 bucks. 36 a year and then when i renewed it this is this was the crazy part is um after the first year i did a because when i first launched i did this big membership drive and uh a couple called some of my friends who who make cool stuff and asked them if they'd be willing to give some stuff away so i could try to entice people to sign up for membership and then if you sign up you had the chance to win something and you know it's like the uh, public broadcasting system pbs out here i don't know if you guys have that overweight on your side of the pond mm-hmm but it's like free – basically, it's, it's free television that's, that's viewer-supported. And so they have like these sponsorship drives and you know telethons and stuff like that. And they try to make money and, and you can win something if you, if you pitch in. So I kind of did something like that and um, that was the first year. And then the second year, I did the same thing. But then I added another tier to the membership and it was this uh, quote-unquote like an executive membership. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly the same thing as the regular membership. But it's it costs four times as four times as much. So it's twelve bucks a month instead of three, and that's it. That's the only all you're doing is you're voluntarily just giving uh, four times the amount of money. And actually, the I had a, a friend of mine, um, David Barnard, who does App Cubby and all, all those apps. He uh, he was like, you know, you should have a higher tier membership. And I was like, I have nothing more to offer. I'm out of uh, time and ideas for what I could offer the members. Because I do this daily podcast every day. It's called Sean Today. And that's, if you're a member, that's what you get. You get the access to this podcast every day. And I was like, I don't have anything else. I'm, I'm out of ideas. And he was like, well, just charge four times as much. And you don't have to have something new. Just give people the option to pay more. I was like, well, all right. And uh, so I added that uh, six months ago when I, at the one year anniversary of the membership. I like to think that um, executive members get a little bit of Sean Blanc classiness. Well, it's a way better title. I mean, would yeah. you rather be a member or an executive member? I mean, it sounds sounds cool. It does yeah. sound cool. Sounds very. I, cool. I could I could make like a sticker or a pin, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I could make like some like a pen. Yeah, maybe if you sign up for an executive membership, you get a pen or something like that. That would be very awesome. Yeah. But it would probably cost you more to get those made than a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could I could get like the cheap, you know, like field notes. You know, when you buy a pack of field notes, you get the the cool little bullet. Ballpoint pen. It's nothing fancy. But you just I, I bet those. I bet those cost a nickel. Just put a nice sticker on it. Yeah, yeah. I just hand. I just go buy. Go to Walmart. I just buy a sharpie and some white <laughs> pens and just write executive member. That would be amazing. Or mugs. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a great idea. Actually, I should definitely do that. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of people asking for this now. So it works. 
you mentioned the like um, you mentioned the the show Sean today, which is your daily daily show. You published episode two hundred and forty five today. That's incredible. That's crazy. That is insane. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. Two hundred forty. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, two hundred forty five episodes in eighteen months. I don't know what that average is out to, but it comes. I think I did the math after the ye- after the first year. I'd done about. I think it was like a hundred and. 80 episodes or 170 something. It was something like it averaged out to about an episode every other day. Which is an incredible commitment because they're not always like a few minutes. Sometimes, you know, it can be 15 or so minutes you can go to. And and, and it's uh, – I have a lot of respect for the show because I personally find it very difficult to talk on my own. I, I, I lose my trail of fault quite easily, so – it's not easy. I find it a lot harder. I don't know about you because you also have the B&B podcast on 5x5. I don't know how you feel about talking as a solo or as a duo. Uh, I like both. Um, I think I really do enjoy the, the solo conversation of what Sean today is. It, I mean, it's obviously it's like a, it's a daily five-minute monologue. But that's kind of, the, that's kind of its point is um, – like if I was going to do it with a co-host, it would, there's no way, like there's pretty much no way I can maintain a, a daily podcast in any other form than what it already is right now. Unless that show was the only thing I did all day long. <laughs> if, uh, Cause if I was going to have a guest, you got scheduling stuff, you know how much logistical work goes into having a guest on a show. I am aware of this. And if you're going to have a guest on a show and you're going to try to keep it to five minutes, good luck, Right. Like you're going to have to edit out 90% of the, the episode to get that. So, uh, so I think it works because it has to be a monologue. So since I've kind of settled that issue, I don't feel awkward about it. And there's actually a lot of back and forth with the listeners. It's just not, it's not on the show. Like I'll, I'll talk and then I'll get a lot of feedback. You know, people email me or, or tweet about it or whatever. And there's dialogue that way. And then, you know, someone asks a question and I'll bring it up for another episode. So there's topic suggestions and things like that. Yeah. So it it though I'm the only one talking on the show, I, I don't really feel like it's a it's a true monologue, if that makes sense. It does. So you have um, you have Sean today. I mean, Sean today is the major perk. That's the long running perk. You you mentioned you have the membership drives where you do giveaways and stuff. But how did you come to making these decisions? Like, how did you think? All right, I'm going to do a daily podcast that will be for members, which people weren't doing at the time. Um, and I'm also going to do a big pledge drive. Like, how did you come to those ideas? How long did it take? Well, the pledge drive was a total, total ripoff of what John Gruber did in like whenever it was that he took his site full time and he right. started doing the, the membership thing. Um, I was, I mean, I remember reading the site at the time, and so whatever, five, six, seven years later, um, that. You know, I had that thing in my mind. Oh man, if you're going to do a membership, like, you know, talk it up and make it a really big deal and have fun with it. Do something exciting and, you know, hey, give stuff away. And then when you're giving stuff away, you also get the added benefit of the guys that are that are giving the stuff away. Like, um, you know, just off the top of my head, one of the the sponsors was Agile Bits, and they gave away some copies of One Password. Well, then I I also had like the one password guys, they were, they were saying, Hey, check out this membership. Sean Blanc is going full time. We're excited for him. And here's, you know, we're giving away some copies of our stuff. Yeah. So, so I'm actually able to get some promotion from the other people. And there's like this, 
you know, kind of linking of arms and it's a, it's a lot of fun. And so I, I totally ripped off the idea from, uh, John Gruber, who he ripped it off from someone else, right? Like, like I said, like PBS, they do that all the time, <laughs> their telethons and, and their pledge drives and things. So it's, uh, it's, it's not a new idea. Um, the podcast was, I kind of fell into that one because the original idea I was going to do was, um, I was going to do like this email newsletter mm-hmm. and it was going to be once a week and it was going to be, it was the member's journal and it was going to be once a week and it was sort of going to be like, I was going to try to write a cool article for it and then um, all the things that maybe I, I didn't link to on the site that week, but which I thought were cool, but for some reason they didn't make it onto the main site. I was going to add them to the member's journal and you know I had a couple other ideas for stuff I could put in there. And uh, I tossed that idea around to a few friends of mine, and they were like, you know, really, you're going to do email as the perk? Like, pretty much no one likes email. You're going to ask me to give you money, and then I have to get more email in my inbox. And um, someone else was like, here, you're you're competing with yourself. You've got, uh, who knows, what if you write an article for that member's journal, and it happens to be something that's great. Yes. And uh, people want to share it, or whatever, like you... Your best writing, because that's kind of the main thing I do. Like I'm, like my main thing is I'm writing, right? I'm a writer, and if I've got two competing uh, mediums for where my writing is in terms of one is hidden and one is public, one you got to pay for, one is free. Like then there starts to get, you know, there could just be tension there, or friction, or whatever it may be. But I liked the concept of what the Members Journal was going to be. It was going to be this kind of personal, behind-the-scenes, uh, sort of um, like, you know, this is kind of the, what it's like to, to run my website on a daily basis sort of feeling. And, um, and I was like, well, what if, instead of I, what if instead of writing something, what if I was talking instead or, or did video, like did some sort of podcast? And um, – and so somehow I, I don't even know where the, the term Sean today came from, but that ended up being the name of the show. And um, so it's sort of like that's kind of what the that's sort of how I fell into the idea of doing the the daily podcast. It was it it was originally going to be an email called the Member Journal, and then it got transformed into an audio podcast. And uh, and then and here it is, two hundred forty five episodes later. You did. actually was I was actually sharing this morning on the today's yeah. episode how. It's starting to feel like this podcast is actually one of the most important things that I'm doing in terms of my uh, <clears throat> the work of my career right now. Like I, the writing is very important, but I'm starting to to feel more excited and um, a little bit not. I mean, excited about the podcast, and I feel like it still has so much potential to be even more than what it already is, and a little bit like afraid of like I don't want to squander the potential that this this project has i think it could be something really really amazing i mean i can and, understand that because the site you know is obviously you know that's the 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 main focus is where people can easily find you you know they don't have to pay to get to it but the people that are listening to Sean today they are your biggest supporters you know so they they are your direct audience in a way so i can understand that you'd have a connection with that and that's probably why it feels so important to you yeah, absolutely, and and that was another reason why I didn't want um, why I didn't want to do the email newsletter is 
Because anything that I talk about on Sean today, chances are really good it's going to make itself onto the site in terms of a written article, or maybe it's I'm I'm doing like the postscript and I've already written something and now I'm doing a wrap up and I'm talking about it on the show. And so it's okay to have these like it's okay to talk about what I I've already written. Whereas if it was the email newsletter, it's like uh, you already wrote about that. Now you're gonna write about it some more. Like I'm 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 done with reading about this topic, Sean. And so it's it's easy for there to be a lot of overlap of topic. And that's really helpful for me to to kind of work out ideas and and I get to kind of verbally process them with the members. And then because um, so I, I subscribe by this idea that uh, Seth Godin said a while ago. He said that um, like great ideas win, right? Or, or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, which is funny because it's like a three-word sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the idea like I didn't want my best work to be hidden because in a way that – that hinders you from from growth, right? And and sort of one of the big things you need if you're going to be successful on the internet, and by successful I mean you can actually pay your bills and put food on the table. If you're going to be able to to be sustainable on the internet, you've got to have an audience, and you've got to that audience has to keep growing. And so I didn't want uh, I didn't want something to be hidden when I felt like it could be out there and and helping the site to grow. And I didn't want people to feel guilty if they if they couldn't be a member because I definitely know that some people would love to sign up and for X, Y, or Z reason they, they're unable to. And so I didn't want to like feel like they were being punished. Are you looking for ideas that spread win? Yes, that's it. Ideas that spread win. Thank you. No problem. There's a, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a talk entitled that by Seth Godin in case anybody wants to see that. Um. So uh, would it be safe to say that the membership has been a success for you? Absolutely. Um, far more successful than I even thought it was going to be. Um, I actually, I, I feel like I talked about this with somebody else, but I, I thought my membership was originally going to be um, sort of like this, uh, this in-between phase where uh, like the site wasn't, wasn't doing well enough in terms of advertising to, to go full time as it was. Um, and so I needed, I needed something else to kind of bolster up the income to be enough for me to quit my job and, and work on it full time. But I didn't feel like the membership was going to last forever. And I felt like, you know, there'd be this initial excitement. People would sign up. Hopefully it would be enough. I could, uh, that would last for a while, but so it would probably just taper off. No new people would sign up. People would start, uh, canceling their memberships. And then hopefully by the time everyone had canceled their membership, hopefully my site would have grown enough that the advertising revenue would be enough to keep me going. That was sort of like, that's sort of what I thought it was, how it was going to work out. Interesting. Uh, turns out the membership hasn't been like that at all. The, the response to the membership has been, uh, great. It, I mean, people sign up just about every day and, uh, I mean, people have been sticking around. I mean, 18 months. People have been members for 18 months already, and it's uh, it's 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 humbling. It's amazing. I'm I'm still amazed. I, I don't really know exactly how it all worked out that way, but uh, I love it. I'm I'm very thankful. So, over the last 18 months, I feel that in our corner of the internet, there has been what I'm dubbing a membership revolution, um, where a lot of the uh, web blogs and sites that are run by uh, individuals are you know 
such individuals are trying to to do what you did. Um, I think that most people that have a side project like this would love it to be what they do for a living because it's what they choose to do. This is a choice that people make because this is how they choose to spend their free time. So therefore, you know, they would love to do what they choose all day. Um, and I feel that on the whole, it seems that the other blogs and sites that I've seen do this have not had the level of success that you have had. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's an element of you came first. Um, and I think that for, for some people, because the people that I read are your peers. And obviously, your, I would believe your audience would read these people as well. Um, I know that some have had success. And I think part of the problem is potentially trying to, as a, a content creator, set yourself apart from the rest so it doesn't it's not really great for people to like for me if i wanted to put my personal blog full-time if i just did three dollars a month and started a daily podcast called mike today people are going to see through that right because all i'm doing is imitating you well they'd probably all quit my site and move over to yours is my guess i'm I'm hoping you don't do that (laughs) i can promise you i won't do that all right, then. But what are your feelings on on the membership revolution, as I call it? Like, do you, do you have you personally seen a lot of your peers try this type of thing? Or I have. I like can it? think of you know off the top of my head, I can think of half a dozen sites that that have launched something, you know, a membership. And there's not, it's not, it's not my idea, right? Like, it's not something exclusive to me. I mean, I took the ninety day billing cycle tip from uh, Marco because that's what he does with Instapaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's it's totally not my idea at all and um i just kind of fell onto the three dollar number like i i did a little bit of research kind of looked at um like roger ebert at the time had i don't know if he still does it or not but he had like an email newsletter you could sign up for he was charging 15 dollars a month um and i did all these i kind of read around and different things like that and people um seemed like the general consensus was that when people kicked off something that that had a membership uh driver they had a you know kick off a membership for whatever it is that they're trying to to do and give members some sort of perk, they discovered that less people signed up than what they expected, but those who signed up were willing to pay more than they thought. So, uh, you know, I just kind of picked some numbers out of thin air and and kind of guessed at at what I would need to to make it happen. And um, so, you know, like you said, Mike, I definitely think there's an advantage that I kind of went there first in terms of Mm – the sort of one of the indie guys saying, Hey, I'm taking my site full time. And I, I'm the only way it's going to happen is, is through memberships. Um, of course, you know, John Gruber, daring fireball, he was there. Uh, he did that years before I did. And, you know, very similar, uh, thing and something that he wrote in one of his, and I don't, I don't remember exactly what article it was, but, um, you know, back when he was doing the membership, he, cause he had had a membership for a couple of years before he actually took the site full time. And he kept saying, he was like, after two years, he was like, you know, we've been doing this membership thing. And uh, people keep asking me if I'm ever actually going to take the f- site full time. And he kind of compared, he goes, at first it was, the membership was sort of like this idea and I was poking it with a stick to see if it would turn into anything. And he goes, but n- instead what I'm doing now is I'm I'm jumping out of the plane and the membership is my parachute. And I think that that's a, a like, 
to me, that's what makes a difference, right? Is you, if you're waiting for your website or whatever it may be, right? You're waiting for it to generate a full-time income before you then kind of just sidestep over into this new job where you're now, this is now your full-time income. I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, I mean, maybe eventually it, it, it could, but if you're sort of like on the edge and you're just waiting for it, it's going to be a very long wait. And, uh, like the case with me, when I took my site full time, the income it was making at the time was not enough to turn it into a full time gig. And so it's sort of like you're standing on the edge of a cliff and it's like the bridge is not going to build itself. You sort of have to just jump to the other side of the bridge yeah. and, and hope that when you land on the other side, of the cliff, there's going to be what you need is going to be there. It's going to come. It's going to be arrive. somebody there to to help you get up. Right, and I think with several of the sites that that perhaps are launching these memberships and they're proving to to not be enough to take it full time, it's because the they're the it comes in the context of I would like to do this full time, so I'm going to launch a membership and let's see how it turns out. Right, and so it's like this this gamble and. I don't. I don't mean to say like I'm more hardcore or I'm more risky or anything like that. But but I what I see as a differentiator is that when I announced my membership drive, it was I'm going full time. Will you support me and so that it can go for longer than a week? Right? Like it was I'm doing it one way or the other. Here we go. Are you going to jump in and, and go on this ride with me? Um, as opposed to I'd like to. And let's see how many people can sign up. And if it turns out to be enough, then, hey, all right, we're going to do it. See, I think it's about timing. There is an element of timing that you need to have. You know, obviously you were comfortable in the knowledge that it was possible. Like if maybe if you would have tried six months earlier, it might not have worked. Um, or a year earlier, it might not have worked. There, there must have been something for you where you felt the it could work now, surely. I guess. I, it just, I don't know if I felt like it could work. I mean, I guess, yeah. I, uh, I mean, my site really was, it's still not that big. Like, my site is, I mean, maybe compared to some, it's, it's big. But really, like, compared to the, the guys whom I feel I am in the company of, I'm, I'm tiny compared to these guys in terms of, traffic and and subscription base and all of that stuff like i'm i'm really not that big of, of a contender in this whole circle but somehow i'm able to to do it full time and and i think that i just in my gut i just was like i think i could do this i think i think if i charge three bucks a month i think i'll have enough people sign up that i could make it happen i think this could i i just i didn't have any proof i didn't i just in my gut it just kind of felt like it could work and just in life and after talking with my wife back and forth, it just felt like the time was right. So it was like, I'm I'm ready to go for this and I think it actually might work. And it did. I think like I mean I mean I've been tracking with you for many years now. Um and I think, you know, I've as I've tried to build my own thing here with the network, I keep my eye on what you know what people have on their advertise page because I sort of use everybody that I read um, and people that I listen to to build my own idea of how much we should charge. And I was just looking on your advertise page now, and your site monthly site views are much larger than the last time that I remember checking, and that might have been like a year ago. So you, the site has really grown 
um, over the last year or so, hasn't it? I would assume. Yeah, and I mean, and that's I don't know. That's that's sort of like that's just the internet, right? Like the yeah. whole water level of the whole internet is rising, right? Mm-hmm. Like my site has grown, but so has everyone else's. If that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. And actually, you know, I think in regards to your site growing, I think we're going to get onto some of that stuff in the second half of the show. Um, there was one, like going back to what we were talking about a moment ago, about the timing and stuff. I think, personally, I think that the reason that uh, there have been a lot of membership schemes and programs launched since you pioneered with yours, I will say pioneered, you you wouldn't say that, but I'm not putting words in your mouth there. Um I think that a lot of people looked and thought, Sean, Sean's site is not as big as John Gruber's site. I think you know, we we know that to be true, right? Um, I, we know that we know that to be true. <laughs> and I think a lot of people looked at you and thought, "How is he doing this? You, do you understand what I mean? Like you, you were just one guy, um, and I feel that you are. I hold you in the esteem of people like Marco." and John and, and people like that with the, how I look at your site, especially now, um, especially since you went full-time. But I think at the time, a lot of people looked and thought, well, if Sean can do it, I can do it. You don't have to respond to that. It was just a, a point that I wanted to make. And I think that it's, it's interesting. I think that it's... It, I think that that is personally that is why I feel that we have seen so many memberships because people look to you and thought, I can do this. But in the same vein... That is also, I think, a motivational thing because for people who are starting out now, they are seeing that it is possible to do this. You can, you can come from nowhere and do this. You know, like um, John had been involved in the Mac software industry for years, so he had connections and such. But you came up just through writing your site, right? And that's how people got to know you. You just, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, you showed up every day and you wrote your site and that's how you got to where you are. And I think that it is actually quite an inspirational thing for some. And I think that's why there are so many people trying to do this and trying to come up with their own membership schemes because they see that it's possible. Well, thanks, Mike. That's a, it's a huge compliment. Thank you. Pleasure. Before we move on, do you have, other than um, saying to people, you know, that you need to you need to make the jump, which is not necessarily advice, but it's something to think about. I don't want anybody emailing you and being like, right, so I've quit my job now. Um, we don't need that. We don't, we don't want that, Sean. Do you? you don't want people to be quitting their jobs left, right, and center. But um, do you have any advice for people that are trying to... In, in regards to memberships, do you have any advice for people doing that, like things that they should be thinking about? I... You know, I, 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 it's so hard because it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. And, uh, and gosh, I don't even know how many like of the members that are that are signed up on my site. You know, I mean, there's there's some I have some stats in terms of who's who's subscribed to the podcast and things like that, and and it's uh, I don't know, it's something like fifty or sixty percent of the, the people that are signed up for a membership also are are subscribed to the podcast. I mean, I don't know how many people listen to it or, or even how many people listen to it every day, right? I mean, every day is a lot. It's a big commitment to, to record it, let alone to, to listen to it. Um, and so I think some of it is just the – there's like this – there's got to be like this personal connection, right? Like people are 
there's there's a greater value other than what you're going to get as a member, right? It's not just oh cool, you know, I'm going to get this uh you know, I'm going to get access to this podcast, right? Like if people just sign up for membership just so they can listen to the podcast, they're probably going to be really really disappointed because like I ramble a lot and I'm always drinking coffee on the microphone. <laughs> That's the great thing though. The coffee's the great thing. Right. And I think but I think what makes it great is that there's this like this personal connection. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I mean, I obviously I'm not friends with everyone who's a member to my site, but that everyone who is a member in a way feels like they're friends with me. And I I'm only saying that because I know that's how I feel with a lot of the guys whom I read every day and whom I listen to their shows. Like I feel like I'm friends with these guys. I feel like I know them because they're always putting up their work out there and I'm reading it and I'm thinking of it and it's, it's part of my life. I listen to their voice when I'm in my car or I'm reading their words when I'm in my living room. Right. And there's this, you get this really like you get connected to these guys whom you track with on a regular basis. And I think that, um, I, I think part of the reason the membership thing worked for me was, was that I sort of already had I had enough people that were tracking with my writing on a regular basis that they were like, yeah, I'm in. And they're like, yeah, you're going to do this full time. I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And then the, the, the show was just sort of like a perk to that. And so I think like if you're, if you're trying to kick off a membership or you're trying to do something, you want to go that route. I do think you need a perk because I think it like, you do want to have some value there and that's going to be the first thing people ask. Okay. You want me to sign up for membership? What do I get? Right. And it it needs to be more than just your, I mean, even though everyone really knows they're helping me pay my bills so I can write like it it needs to not necessarily feel that way. It needs to feel like here's, there's this, this value exchange and it's, it's more than just going to be consistency. It's going to be, something else. And so I think like when you're doing your membership, you want to have that other value exchange, whether it be a podcast or whether it be, you know, a, a, a full access to the RSS feed or uh, whatever it is. Right. But that's just sort of going to be the icing on the cake. And like the real, like the real cake, like the, the main thing has got to be like this connection. Like if there's not a connection between you and your audience, it's going to be really hard to, to, to get people to sign up. I think that's, that's very great. That's awesome. But that's the type of advice I think I was hoping you would give. But you, I think you kind of, you touched on it inadvertently at the start. You said it's different for everyone. And I think that's the key is that you have to be different with it. You know, you, you need to come up with something that's your own. I think you can't just emulate what you're seeing other people do. And that's something that, that I've had here. So we have um, a donate. We have people donate to the show. And, and I started doing a donations because people were asking for it. They wanted to give us money to support us, which is amazing. And we have many very generous people that donate to us um, sporadically or on a monthly basis. And for some time, I've been mulling over creating the 70 Decibels fan club. And that's what the donation will eventually become. But I haven't wanted to launch that and make a big push for that until I was sure that we would have real good benefits to offer. And that's some stuff that I'm still working on. But I just wanted to share that as well. Like I think that it's for all of us that want to do these things full time, um, direct support from your readers, listeners, users, whatever you say, I think is becoming more and more important. Um, And that's why I thought this was a really good conversation to have. 
I, absolutely. And I think, because I think one of the big things that, that causes people, I wrote about this, like, I don't know, like in, in early 2011, before I was, before I kicked off the membership, because I was trying to kind of seed some of these ideas out there first and sort of like kind of build up a ramp to when I, when I kicked off the full-time deal. And I wrote this thing on like the difference between fans and fanatics. And I, I feel like the bridge that takes someone from who's like someone who's a customer of yours to someone who's like a fanatic of your product is it's a, it's a bridge that's built on emotion and nostalgia. And, and I think that's part of why like, you know, yeah, Apple fanboy, whatever, because there's like, there's emotion built into Apple products. And I think most people that use their stuff, you, you pick up on that and you're like, man, this, you know, I love to use this thing. And you develop sort of an emotional connection with your computer, which sounds so weird. But when I say it, Mike, I know you know what I'm talking about. And I bet everyone listening to the show knows what I'm talking about. And that's why you get guys like us that, you know, that love our Apple stuff because there's this some sort of connection to it. And, and so I think when you're, you're trying to build an audience as well and, and kind of take that next step where you, you kick off a fan club, you kick off a membership, whatever it is, like the people that sign up are going to be the ones that have, they're not just fans of your work, they're fanatics. And there's like you, you get them there somehow through emotion and, and by, by building an emotional connection somehow. And it's by, you know, whatever it is, you're connecting with them there. You're consistently a part of their life in, in whatever way, shape or form that looks like, depending on, you know, you're doing a podcast or you got an, an, an email newsletter or a blog or who knows what you're doing. And uh, I think that's how you get there. Indeed. Now, we're going to move on. But before we do that, um, I think it's time that we have a, a word from the people that make this possible. And that week, and this week, that is Squarespace. We love Squarespace. I love Squarespace. All of my properties online are Squarespace sites. Um, I'm using the old Squarespace 5 for the 70 decibels site, but I use the fantastic and lovely new Squarespace 6 for my own blog at MikeHurley.net. And why do I use Squarespace? So... I love their ease of use. Um, they have a drag-and-drop system, which is all in the web browser, and it feels like you're using something that's native. I love their WYSIWYG design tools, so I can change the colors of my fonts just by clicking them and then selecting a color. I, can, I have access to the Google Fonts library, so I, have some, I can make my site and the text on my site look fantastic. All built in. I don't need to worry about grabbing code from somewhere and injecting it in somewhere else. Things that I usually don't understand and break. That's the reason that I love Squarespace. They have rock-solid hosting. I love that. I don't have to have a hosting provider somewhere else and buy a theme from somewhere else. Squarespace gives me it all in one package. My sites have never been down. If Sean is gracious enough to link to this episode, even though he has 275 million page readers a day, which I know is, is true... Um, they, it won't it won't bring the site down because it is hosted on Squarespace, which is an absolutely rock solid platform. They have with Squarespace six the new templates that they have. They are all responsive straight out of the box, so it looks great no matter what device you use. They have twenty four seven customer support. You don't get that with other services. Their services their support services are award winning they also have live online workshops which will help walk you step by step through everything you need to build the amazing site that they can help you build they have an amazing help center which has um, frequently asked questions you can search for things that you need and they usually have videos as well so little tutorials to show you how to do some stuff 
Squarespace is really powerful and you can do so many things with it, but they make it easy to use. If you don't understand this stuff, they have the way to help you understand it. They do excellent things. They have Markdown by default. They have the ability to publish linked list items um, like Sean has on his blog. So when you click on the headline, it takes you out to the site that's being linked to. That is built in with Squarespace. You can get all of that in Squarespace 6. Squarespace starts at $10 a month if you're paying monthly for the standard plan and $20 for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for an annual plan, you get 20% off that. And if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. So you pay up front, but you're getting 20% off the cost overall. And also, if you sign up for either of their annual plans, you get a free custom domain name, which is all part of the registration process, and they just tie it to your site if it's available. Absolutely fantastic. And they can set up Google uh, email as well, Google Apps email with that domain for you as well, without you having to worry about any configuration. And if you use the offer code 70 decibels 8 at 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-8, you'll get an additional 10% off. So you can use that 10% off on top of the 20% discount you'll get if you buy for a year. And also if you use that code, not only do you get a discount, it also lets Squarespace know that you've found out about them through us, which helps support us, and then they will keep coming back to continue to support the network. But I want you to go and try this out. So go ahead, go try out some of the things that I've spoken about today. Move your site. They have a great blog importer, so you can import your previous posts into Squarespace. And you can do that by signing up for a two-week free trial at squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. And I want to thank Squarespace for their continued support of our programs. So, Mr. Blanc. Yes. You're still here? I'm still here. So I want to talk about your post called 50 Things I've Learned. Pub- uh, so I have learned about publishing a web blog. And you wrote this, as I mentioned earlier, around your five-year anniversary. Um, it's, a, it's a great post, and I w- it's going to be in the show notes, and I urge people to go and read the whole thing. But what I did in preparation, I read this post when it came out, and I told you I wanted to talk to you about it, and I wanted to get you on the new show when it launched. So that, that's why you're here today, because I, I love this post so much. You know, it's kind of funny, Vic. I, I kind of posted the thing in jest, right? Because it sort of goes against everything I believe in when it comes to uh, <laughs> to writing. Like it's got a big fat number as the first mm-hmm. first word of the title, and then it's just this huge unordered list. You know, you should have done it over fifty pages. <laughs> I should. I should I, that's what I should have done. I should, and each one should have just been its own image, and it should have been a slideshow. That would have been amazing. Imagine that the page were, views. I, I know it would have been. It would have been off the charts. But yeah, I, I when I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. I thought you were, I didn't think there was going to be fifty things. I don't know if there is fifty things, by the way. I haven't counted. There is. Oh, totally, there totally is. I mean, it's not going to be inaccurate. <laughs> oh, couldn't do that not on your side. No. No. <laughs> but when I read it, I was like, "There's actually a lot of really great stuff in here," and I've picked out a handful of things that I really liked, and I want to talk to you about them a little bit in a bit more detail. So the first Fire one, away. the first one. This is my. I think this is my favorite. Um, I. I've heard many people say this, and it's something that I am a real believer in, and that is show up every day. Absolutely. I mean, if you will allow me to, to give why I think that's important. I, um, you are allowed. Please. I've been doing uh, – I've been creating these shows. Um, I've been creating the bro show, which came before this one, for a, a little under two years. Um, around, We're getting close to two years now. Um and in, I started off no, as no one. Nobody knew me. And then 
I just started recording every week and then started to make friends in on the internet, you know, people, the great people at the Read and Trust Network like yourself and Pat um, and Dave Kahlo and, and many more like that, you know, Mr. Stephen Hackett, of course. Started making friends and, and then that's built and built and built. And by showing up every week, I end up with Merlin Mann on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, things like that, Dan which, Benjamin's. On which was a great episode, by the way. Thank you very much. I was very, very proud of it and got a lot of great feedback. But I just think that it is possible. Anybody can be a success online if they have an element of talent. I mean, I, I don't know how much talent I have. I have a silly British accent for, for you know, but, but people want to listen every week. And it's, I think it's just because I put the work in and show up every day. And that's what you do, right? So you're there every day writing, working for the site, doing the shows. Tell me a little bit about that. Why do you think showing up every day is so important? Um, I think it's important for two reasons. And in, in, like you said, like not everyone has talent and there's different levels of talent, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're – I think that showing up every day because that's kind of what the internet thrives on, right, is this uh, like like patterns. And uh, I think towards the bottom of this this 50 things post is uh, – you know, I say down here, I, I, um, I'm just going to read – the same thing that I wrote, I said, if I had to boil it all down, basically it boils down to consistency and honesty. And that's what showing up every day is, right? It's yep. the consistency. And it's important for two reasons. Cause you, the, that's sort of what the internet thrives on is these patterns and these regularity. And so like people kind of have their routines on a day to day basis. You've got your routine and, uh, it's you, you sit down at your, your keyboard in the morning and all right, first thing I'm going to do, you know, check my email, I'm going to check Twitter, and I'm going to check my favorite sites, right? And if you're if you're constantly putting something new out there, you can become part of people's routine where they're they're checking what's new, right? And so that's a great way to to build a consistent audience is that you're consistently showing up to do something, so they're going to consistently show up to read it. But I also think it's really important, and you know, since you're you're bringing up how you had Merlin May on the show. The uh, I actually wrote down this quote that he said on on episode one of Command Space. It was a great, great episode, and I I wrote down this quote that Merlin said. He says that uh, he says, as long as you keep putting out interesting stuff, you'll keep discovering interesting stuff to put out. It's this, it's this iterative and ugly process, and so I think that's the other the other side of the coin for showing up every day is that you kind of develop your own flywheel of of work that you're doing and it helps you stay kind of inspired it helps you keep working and you stumble across new things to work on and uh and that's that's why i think you should show up every day indeed how did you motivate yourself when the site had no readers to show up every day um i loved writing i, I love i love writing about this stuff it's a blast and so for me, it wasn't, it wasn't so much about the readers. It was about like, I had to write. Like I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if this makes sense, but it was almost like my fingers were itching to type. And I like, I needed to see words on the page and, and the cursor moving forward. Like there was like just this like thirst to write. And, um, and so that's part of why I started the site. Like it's it's not the first uh, web blog that I've ever written, and the site I had before that was much more of like a personal one where I would just write about family stuff and personal stuff. 
And one time I did this uh, like a really short by by my standards today because it was like you know 300 words or something like that. And uh, but it was this review of this this desktop app called Ecto, and it was for publishing to a blog. I don't even know if it still exists anymore. And this was years and years and years ago. That I wrote this, and I like I had a blast writing that article. I was like, man, this is great. Like I I like using this software, and I, I get to kind of write about what I like about it. And uh, and to me, like like software design, user interface, there's there's an art to it. And I don't, though I'm not a, a software designer. I mean, I have some some roots in print and web design, but I, I love looking at software interfaces and, and user experiences and kind of examining it like a fine piece of art and then sort of like, you know, pontificating upon it. And, and for some reason, it's really fun to write about that for me. And so when I did this review of Ecto, everyone that was reading my site, which was like, I don't know, maybe 50 people or 100 people at the time, and uh, they're like, why are you talking about this? Like, it was just like, everyone was like, why? I don't care. <laughs> and so... I was like, I need a new site. I need one that I can write about this stuff for. And so that's kind of how I got in. That's how I ended up starting this site. And so it didn't matter if I didn't have readers or not because it was a blast. Like, I loved it. I loved writing about the software. And I still do. So, Yeah, your software reviews are very impressive, I have to say. Thanks. I enjoyed your uh, – I read your day one review a couple of days ago. Incredible app, isn't it? it really, it, really amazing. It, totally. Um, I'm, I post like five or six things a day into day one at the moment now. I've become slightly obsessed, I think, but it's, it's, it, it does that to you. Yeah, it's a great app. Really great, really, really great app. Um, so the next, next bit that I want to talk to you about saying no to opportunities and ideas is very important. What kind of things do you say no to and why? That's a difficult email. one, right? <laughs> you just you open mail.app, shout no, and close it again. Pretty much. I, <laughs> that's, I, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm in the, the, the middle of like a, a like personal revival as, as it relates to my outlook on email. And uh, I just, in part because, uh, so saying no to opportunities, right? I, I, I get email all the time with, uh, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love it if you checked this out, or would you like to... Uh, test this or would you like to do this or, you know, link to this. And it's, I mean, and there's a difference between, I get those um, from from readers who are, are personally sharing something. And then I get, you know, you get all sorts of, in my country, you get this too. And pretty much anyone, if you have email, you probably get just like the, the press releases and just the requests to review something. And they're just generic and they're boring and things like that. And, uh, and so some of that stuff's really easy to say no to. You just delete it. And then, I mean, obviously, like, there's – I get personal email that I, I try to uh, correspond with the, with the readers and listeners of the show and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes I get emails from people. They're like, hey, I'd love it if you'd be interested in checking out this this app or this site. And I'm like, I'm, I'm compelled to because it, it looks really, really interesting and I feel like they've done a really great job. But I just don't have the time to to say yes to every – legitimately amazing, legitimately great thing that comes my way. And that's probably one of the hardest things about my job is that there are so many amazing people out there doing really, really amazing things. And I, I, I don't have the time to give them my full attention and to 
to give them what I feel like is the praise that they deserve for the work that they've done and the acknowledgement of whatever it is that they've built or created or worked really hard to do. Like, I feel like they deserve to be acknowledged by that. And they're, they're reaching out to me to, to talk about it. And I can't, I can't give all of them my attention. And that's one of the most heartbreaking things about my job. And so it's, that's sort of where I feel like I'm in the midst of this little personal revival. Like I'm getting, I'm starting to settle that it's, it is really hard about my job, but I'm starting to be okay with it. Like for a long time, I haven't been okay with it, but there isn't a solution other than to stop writing and, and become like a consultant or something like that. And, and then people would pay me to, to, to check out their app instead. Um, and that's, that's a route that I'm not interested in going down. And so, so saying no to opportunities like that is hard, but it's important because it allows me, I have to say no so I can keep doing what's most important, which is actually writing on my site. Mm-hmm. So that's my example. But there's a million examples out there. Yeah, but no, that's a great one. Yeah. Don't be rude. Tell me a bit <laughs> about that. That's just how I, that's how I grew up, right? Like that's my it's like in my blood is uh, I I think there's there's sort of two I don't know maybe there's not there's definitely more than two types of people on the internet but I feel at least for me I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt and I think here's this this prime example recently is cultured code and things and over the air sync right it took them like four years or five years or something like that to, to ship this. And they've been talking about it for like two years. They've been blogging about how hard it is to do sync and they've been getting just, it's a ton of negative press. A lot of people are, you know, pointing their finger and laughing at them and, and calling them a, it's a joke. It's a joke. How long it took them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kind of refuse to take that attitude. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And until they say something like, you know, yeah, after we shipped things, you know, version one for the Mac, and once we had our iPhone and iPads out, you know, we'd made millions of dollars. So we all went on vacation to the beach for three years. And then we finally got back last month. We quick whipped together over the air sink and finally put it out the door. Right. Like, if, like, until we know actually what happened, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything. Like, because for all we know, and what is, what I think is the more likely uh, scenario, is they worked really, really hard, tried a lot of different ideas, um, you know, tried some ideas that didn't work out so well or didn't work up to their standards, started something new, they rewrote stuff from scratch, and they probably worked realistic hours during the day. They didn't pull all-nighters. I don't know how big their team is, so who knows how many people are working on it. It's like I don't – I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I kind of want to be that way with everyone on the internet. And and the assumption that – I believe everyone wants to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And I, and I think everyone really does want to do the best work that they can do. And so when, when they, they put something out there that turns out to be really bad or turns out to be offensive or whatever, um, like why do we have to, we don't have to call them out and be jerks about it because it's probably something they wish would have turned out differently if it, if it turned out to be a flop or whatever. And instead, just assume that that person is really trying to do good work and they're having a hard time getting getting their feet on the ground. So I think that that's why I say don't be rude. And I think that that attributes to your classiness. There is, in some cases online, there is a distinct lack of class and people say things before they think 
Um, and it's you know, it's not all the way it should be. And I think that's what makes your site quite a refreshing place to be. It's a nice place to be. You don't go on there and get angry because of something you said. I think that's important, Sean. I think you're you're doing a good thing there. I appreciate it. That's actually one of the I, that's really really important to me as a writer. Is I want to I really want to maintain the just positive attitude. Yeah, just be nice, right? It's no harm in that. <laughs> no one gets hurt if you're nice. Exactly. Attention is far more important than page views. What's the difference? The oh, it's the difference is huge, right? I mean, you get. I mean, the difference is uh, David Barnard, who uh, shared, he wrote this thing about the the sparrow problem a while ago on his App Cubby blog. And the the article he said it got something like he put this on Twitter is that you know the article got something around a hundred thousand page views. And uh, his subscriber to the RSS feed, the RSS subscriber count went up by like 20 people or something like that. It just, you know, hardly moved at all. And so you've got all these, and I think that's just becoming more and more and more common, is you just, just drive by page views. And, uh, and so that's great. Like page views are great for ad impressions. And obviously like uh, a subscriber is not going to come about without a page view first. But the ratio of page views to subscribers is obviously um, getting more and more. Far, the ratio is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as, as time go out, or maybe smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't know. Whatever, one of those things. It's 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 harder and harder to get people to sign up uh, for your site to subscribe to it. And so that's why if you've got someone who's actually paying attention to what it is you're saying, like that's your most valuable reader. And if you've got a hundred thousand page views a month or or a hundred thousand page views a day, but you've only got one, you know, and you've got 999 or whatever, nine hundred thousand page views, but 99,999 uniques, right? That means one guy is is like, is really paying attention. (laughs) He's your most valuable asset, right? Like you could, you could go and launch a membership and you're going to have one guy sign up. Because the other ninety nine thousand whatever they're 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 somewhere else they're already onto the next site they're not paying attention to your site anymore so you launch a membership they don't even see it because they're not coming back and so that's why attention is so much more important because it's actually the people who are paying attention to what you're saying are actually the people that you can you can go somewhere with them you can build a community with them you can you can do something great they're the ones who you, you do the back and forth you get dialogue with them and mm-hmm. and, and that's who you connect with. I think that goes a little bit back to the showing up every day because, I mean, I know as I, I presume I'm the average person here, if I get if I see a link to a site and go read an article on a site, I don't necessarily then just sign up for the RSS feed because that's one example of this person's work. But then if a couple of weeks later somebody else is, you know, I'm taken back to that site from another link, I'm like, hang on a minute, this is pretty good. So that's sort of the, the page views that, that then lead into the attention that come from showing up every day. Yeah, absolutely. So the the next the next part that I would like to ask is um don't be embarrassed about trying to make a buck doing what you love. Is this the type of fault that spurred the membership? Yes and no. Um I think it's it's it made me comfortable with doing the membership and that's because I was already I already had ads on my site. I was um I was selling subscriptions or uh, sponsorships to the RSS feed. 
And I think that a lot of people kind of you, – you wait until you reach a certain threshold before you start uh, – before you start selling or trying to make a dollar off doing what you're doing. And so maybe you wait till you have 100,000 page views before you start selling ads on your site or maybe you wait until you have so many RSS subscribers or who knows what it is. And, and that's just in my little circle. Like there's a, there's a million people out there that uh, – you know, graphic designers doing freelance work and, and whatever it may be. There's a, a lot of uh, occupations out there where you can charge for the, the work that you do. And I think that if you wait until you reach a certain level of skill or a certain threshold of uh, page views or site traffic, whatever it may be, before you start charging, like you kind of miss out on the, the learning curve. Like you, you learn how to, to, to charge for your work by charging for your work. And so I think if you just go for it, even if it if it seems like it's small, or even if you feel like you're you're not skilled enough or whatever it may be, you're learning and there's this process. And maybe you you know you don't sell out your ads every week or every month, or or maybe you never sell them out. And that's okay because you're learning about it and you're learning the process and you're 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 communicating with with potential advertisers or potential clients or whatever it may be. And there's so much that you learn about your own work and you learn about. Uh, turning it into a business and something that can support you that I think you, you go for it and you, you shouldn't be embarrassed about it. I agree. Definitely. Um, have an ideal reader. Who is yours? <laughs> um, my ideal reader is, is a friend of mine. His name is Sean Spurdy. And uh, we've been kind of friends online for a long time. And, What's helpful about having an ideal reader is then you've got you you've you've got someone in your mind that you're writing for and and it's it's when you've got that one ideal reader and this is really like a, I mean this is common writing advice you know from the dawn of of the written word like is you you have an ideal reader because it helps you picture that that person reading your work and you sort of you're writing for them. Okay, what's going to please them? What are they interested in? What are what's what's the information that they they want to know? What are the facts they want to know? Or or what's the the tone of voice that they're going to enjoy and things like that? And you sort of you know is this is this work going to make them proud? Are they going to want to share this? Are they going to be excited to read this? Are they going to be glad that they read it? And it, it helps you answer all these questions to to sort of form whatever it is that you're writing and, and turn it into something good. And so when you've got that one person in mind for who you're writing it for, it, it really helps to, to get that stuff formulated. So. It reminds me of the, um, the infamous John Gruber and Merlin Mann discussion at South by Southwest, where they're both talking about who their ideal readers are. Um, if you haven't heard that, it, the, the talk is called How to 149 Surprising Ways to Turbocharge Your Blog with Credibility. That's obviously a joke. Um, but it's a really, really great talk where they talk about some of this stuff. Um, that's where yeah. John's um, idea of obsession, obsession times voice comes from that talk. Um, so, yeah, li- I'm going to put that in the show notes. If you've never listened to that, then you're in for a treat. I, I listen to it, I think, about once a year. Um, yeah, that's a great, sure, it's, it's a great show. Make sure I'm going down the right path. I go back and listen to that show. It's um, very important for me. So there's this. this is... Um, this is that you wrote four things in quick succession and read these out. Thinking about writing is not the same as writing. Reading about writing is not the same as writing. Tweeting about writing is not the same as writing. And having a conversation about writing is not the same as writing. I took this as stop procrastinating and do the work. Is that what you were getting at? 
Absolutely. Like, I think it's easy, it, but it's different than procrastinating, right? Like if you're watching TV, you know, you're procrastinating or if you're <laughs> you know, like, there's a million things you could be doing. And it's, I think that it's easy to procrastinate by like, like you don't realize you're procrastinating or, you know, or you're lying to yourself about the whole thing when the, what you're doing, that's the procrastination is centered around what you're procrastinating from. So, so you're tweeting about writing, you're not actually writing, right? But you kind of feel like you are because you're, 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 you're in close proximity to what you should be doing. And, uh, and I think that's, that can be the most dangerous procrastination of all, right? Like that's why I think email can be so dangerous because in a way email feels very, very productive, even though usually email is very, very unproductive, but it feels productive. So it's tricky and you actually end up procrastinating or not getting any work done because you're incessantly checking your inbox waiting to do something, but you actually don't end up ever doing anything. So that's kind of what I, I mean by those. Yeah. And the last, the last point that I had, I wanted to touch on um, your consistency and honesty piece that you mentioned earlier. And we spoke a bit about the consistency, but what, what do you consider honesty? What do you mean by honesty? I think it's like, it's all those things combined, right? In, in terms of, of uh, like writing for your ideal reader and uh, not being rude and, and being sincere, being genuine, like you're, you're, you're giving your honest opinion. Right, I think that's really important. You're not just, especially in the world of like of indie writers and indie podcasters and stuff like this. Guys like you and I, Mike, in a big way, what sets us apart is our opinions about something. And if we are anything other than honest and sincere with what we think and what we we believe, if we're not doing that, we're doing a disservice to everyone who's paying attention to our work because anyone can spout off the headlines. Anyone can say. Hey, there's a new iPhone, or hey, there's or, you know this or that happened, or so and so got hired by this company, right? Anyone can spout off the news headlines, but what what sets it apart is what's what do we think about that? Why do we think that? And and why is that interesting to us? And that's a that's a really really big deal, I think, and that's a big part of what connects you to your audience and to your your readership or your listenership is is you being honest about your opinions, and then. Uh, people know, you know, maybe they agree with you, maybe they don't, whatever, but they know they're, that you're always going to shoot it straight with them. I think that's really important. Indeed. Mr. Blanc, I would like to thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I've had an absolute blast. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. You're, this, congratulations on the new show. And thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. You're good at this. I, I appreciate that. It's a very, very high compliment. Thank you. Tell people, tell all of the people, all of the places that they can find you on the internet if they would like to do so. All of the places? That's a all lot. All of them. It's many, How you about, have many you places. Just, I, I know. You just go to uh, seanblanc.net is my main site. You you know, you, everything else you can find from there, like Twitter and stuff like that. Sean Blanc on Twitter. Sean Blanc yeah. on app.net as well. That's can't, right. Can't forget yeah. that. Yeah. It's 50, if you want to follow me there, it'll be 50 bucks. <laughs> but not not to me. I don't get the fifty. Well, fifty to them, fifty to you. That's fine. Yeah. You, membership scheme to the app dot net. Sean's mm-hmm. app net. You have to pay membership. You got tools and toys as well. Yeah. Tools and toys dot net. And you've recently acquired a Mister Hackett to help you out with that. I did it. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So there's a, it's now a team 
team written websites, not just me. Yeah, there's there's a lot more Star Wars. <laughs> Which I'm I'm very happy about. <laughs> he brings the Star Wars. That's what he does. Right. So and, and the biking gear. Yeah, and bikes. Yeah, lots of bikes. Bikes and Star Wars. It's pretty much all he's about. And Elvis as well. But he hasn't mm-hmm. posted much Elvis to the site yet. But I'm sure he will. It's only a matter of time. Barbecue, things like that. You two can fight over barbecue. I know. I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to converge. Oh, yeah, because he's a wet barbecue guy and you're a dry barbecue guy, right? Am I right in that? Uh, no. kind. You're, yes and no. Like, you've got Memphis barbecue and you've got Texas barbecue. Wait, ba- basically, like, the Memphis is, is the wet and, and Texas is dry. And then Kansas City barbecue, which is where I'm from, is... Uh, well, not where I'm from, but where I live, is actually this combination of both. And you you marinate and you cook your meat in the dry rub, but then about the last 5 to 10% of the, the cooking time, then you put on your barbecue sauce, and so you you finish with a, with the wet barbecue. So it's this combination of both, and it's, uh, it's superior. See, now I have only had Memphis barbecue, and I was treated to it by Mr. Hackett, so one day you'll have to treat me to Texas barbecue. Come on out, and I'll... Uh, well, Kansas City barbecue. Oh, sorry. Is what it, is it, Kansas City barbecue. It's Because it's the combination of both. Oh, I see. Right, I understand. So it's it's the best of both worlds, apparently. It really is, and Interesting. It's, it's, it's the only way to go. Well, then I'm going to have to try it. And yeah. next week, I'm going to be joined on this show by your co-host of the B&B podcast, I've got Mr. Brooks on. And I'm going to be asking him all about his paywall, which is, as we were saying before, that's something very different. Um, there aren't, I don't know of anybody that's doing that. Um, so I want to talk to him about that. I want to see how that's going and try and understand his motivations for why. Let's see, if it, see if he'll tell me. Eh? You can give him, a, give him a nudge and tell him it'll all be okay. No, that'll be great. It's going to be a good show. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, you can find out more about this show at 70decibels.com forward slash cmdspace. You can subscribe to this show in iTunes. You just search command space and we have all of the links that you need on the page. This show is part of the 70 Decibels podcast network of shows and you can find out more about all of the shows that we do at 70decibels.com. Thank you very much for joining me this week. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>